Life Audio. Hello, welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss powerful truths to counter anxiety and fear, big and small. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and experience soul, deep, emotional, and spiritual freedom, and we want to inspire you to share that freedom with others. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn about one of our upcoming events, how to book one of our speakers for your next event, or simply how to connect with us. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Jennifer Slattery. I'm Teresa Bombach. And in our last episode, we talked about having the courage to let go of roles, of places, and responsibilities when God leads. And we ended our episode with the reminder that God always has more for us. He never wastes our time, our pain, our struggles, or our gifts. And whenever he leads us from something, he is simultaneously leading us to something else. And the question is, how will we respond when that new assignment comes, will we allow fear of failure to hold us back? Will we give in to the lie that we're not enough? Or will we hold tight to the truth that by God's grace, we are always, always, always enough in Jesus Christ? Will we rely on and trust in our provider to faithfully give us everything we need to do everything he asks? And I know you're kind of in that place right now. Is that correct? I am in that space right now. And I think before we launch into the new, we have to remember that sometimes we have to let go of something and there's a time where you are in what might be considered limbo, the waiting room. And can I be content in that time, knowing that God will have something for me to replace that letting go? I still have to wait for God to reveal what he has for me. And sometimes it takes patience. I'm not always very good at it, but as I practice everything takes practice, I can gain some peace and patience in the waiting. And so for me in this period of waiting, trying to be content, yet wrestling with the idea of identity, I've worked my whole life and now I'm not. I've tried to be content with being Nana, trying to just do what God asks for me to do in this day without worrying about tomorrow. And I think in the waiting room, we should embrace that attitude. But even when he presents this new thing, I have to say, I can't worry about what's coming down the line. I have to just go, okay, today I can do this thing and God's going to give me what 
I need to do. So I think there's a piece of contentment that we have to come to before it, it's almost like it gives us time to recharge before we do the new thing. Because we talked about letting go and grieving. And I can't just go from grieving into something new because that drains me. So I do kind of need that time and I don't often treasure it as I should of just an in-between. Right. That God is in the in-between and that I can learn contentment in that time right. by focusing on today. Right. Well, I like how you mentioned that you can learn. Cont- and I think anything we do in life, the more we do it with like kind of this yielding to God, I'm content yes. with then he tend that's when he blesses. When we start to elevate ourselves, that's when we get in a lot of trouble and things exactly. turn really ugly and dysfunctional. I'm often reminded, I struggle with contentment. I just do. And so I'm often reminded of, so last session, we talked about Paul, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite biblical characters. For those who are unfamiliar, he's a first century church planner, wrote a lot of the New Testament. And he wrote in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, I love this part, I have learned the secret mm-hmm. of being content in any And every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then this last verse, which we often use out of context, but (laughs) he adds, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So basically he's saying, I can live fully alive for Jesus and whatever he's calling me to do today. Yes. In the hard and the easy, the joyful and the sorrowful, because one, I'm learning to do that. And then two, I'm relying on him for strength. Well, and that it says... That God is going to give me strength. Correct. Right? It's not something I'm going to manufacture. It's not something I have internally on my own. God as provider is going to give me the strength that I need to do this new thing that we're going to step into. Right. And I'm reminded of it. So this is a quote by Melissa Kruger from Well-Watered Women. She defines biblical contentment as, quote, an inward trust in God's sovereignty and goodness that produces the fruit of joy and peace and thanksgiving in the life of a believer, regardless of outward circumstances. Teresa, last session, you talked a lot about just the goodness of God and how that fueled your trust, even in the hard letting go. Yes. But the other piece that I love in this quote And it's almost, it's a little bit reversed that we have this inward trust in God, that he's sovereign, meaning in control of all things, and that he is good. But then the consequence is joy and peace and thanksgiving. But for me to learn and to trust, the gratitude and thanksgiving piece is so important. Okay. So even in the the letting go, being thankful for what I had, and still continue to have, these friends have not gone anywhere. I have relocated myself. But the friends, especially those that are based in a faith-based, you know, we share a faith in Christ. We're friends forever, right? And we're always having that connection. So I can be grateful for that, but also grateful for the new thing. He's preparing for me. And when I can rest in, and gratitude is remembering what he's already done, helps me to trust the good things that are coming, right? To have that trust in his goodness and that he knows what's best and that he's in control of all things when I've been thankful for the times that's happened. Good point. So every day, gratitude is my bandwagon oftentimes. What are the five things I'm thankful for in this day? It's a great way to pray to go to sleep at night. Lord, thank you for X, Y, and Z that happened today. 
And then I write it down in the morning because that's how I remember right. things. So there's a two times of really coming and being grateful. So then I can embrace the day going, God was good yesterday. Right. He's going to be good today. Right. And I love that. Yeah. That helps me a lot. Yeah. It probably makes you more receptive or able to discern his voice when he does call you, I would think. That's true. And for me, the call typically comes as an invitation. Okay. So... An example, I have two examples and the one, the first one is actually now that I look at it, it gifted me in many ways at the time, but has also been a preparation for what is to come. So when I was living here in Omaha, I had been a teacher at the community college here, taken some time off and I was in a season of kind of trying to discern what God had for me. And we knew we might be moving, so I couldn't commit to a long-term commitment. So I was thinking about going to Crown College and taking ministry classes, or maybe I go back to teaching. Maybe I could work in the church, but the jobs I wanted to do in the church required a commitment that I couldn't make. And so I was just in this season, and so I chatted with a mentor I have here, and then I went to visit my best friend in Illinois. And, and when I left, my friend said she would prayed that God would open a door and that I would walk through it. So God opens doors. We don't always walk through it. So that was one thing. And I thought, that's a good prayer. Not just that he would open it, but that I would walk through it. And within literally two days of that conversation and her prayer, I was invited to apply for the job here at the church. And I accepted that. And I did it. And interestingly enough, at first I thought, well, it's a ministry assistant job. I have a master's in English. That's that pride thing coming back to bite me. And yet I ended up working here for almost a year before I did move. And I learned so many things. I encountered groups of people that I wouldn't normally, I was heavily entrenched in women's ministry all the time. But I worked with the seniors in the church. I was a part of what we have called renewal ministry that is a ministry for those who are wounded and trying to heal from something hard, death, a divorce, mental illness, Betrayal. I mean, and so how beautifully God positioned me to interact and come to love the people he loves in a new and different way. Put my own unique stamp on things, but I didn't know. But it came in an invitation and I said yes. I knew it was a call from God. And then most recently, we mentioned that I had moved to Vancouver and I thought about working at the church or going back into teaching. I had applied for positions and the doors just closed. And I'm like, this is not good. And yet I also recognize this new job of Nana that I have took a lot more time and energy than I originally thought. Can I ask you a question about, so when you're applying and the doors are closing, was there a part of you that like felt like rejection, I'm not good enough? Like, was that painful? It is painful, especially in today's world. Sometimes you'll apply for a job and not hear back. Right. You know, and when I... I applied for with a church, I sent my documents and they even sent me back, oh, answer these questions. And then it was crickets, nothing. Right. right. So what do you process through when you're, and I'm going to point back to last episode because I know sure. you talked about that. But sure. so when you're in the, that period where you know God is shifting you, you don't know where he's shifting you or why mm-hmm. or for how long, mm-hmm. the lies that come through your head, how do you, so you said gratitude. Yes. But I also think it's hard because I, at the same time, I'm trying to accept that it's that a job, but it doesn't feel like our culture defines a job, right? We've always downplayed taking care of our own children. And so how do we wrestle with 
those pieces of things. And it's like, but I want this. And then I was hearing sermons in church and they were talking about acts and that we are called to work and jobs and career and vocation. And God puts these things in our heart. And I'm like, Lord, you created me this way. You put this desire in me. What are we doing? You know, change me because I don't like being in this space of feeling useless, of no value. I don't have a purpose that I could readily see. And it's hard. I'm like, and then, I, then the question comes up, who am I if I'm not a teacher, if I'm not in ministry? And I get really lost in that. And it's hard to keep hold of that God's going to have something. And I just, that's when I want to take over control, but that's always a bad idea. Right. And so for whatever reason, and partially because I asked people to specifically pray for me to be able to wait and to sit and to say, God, you either need to change my heart so that I can be content in what I'm asked and called to right now, which is being Nana and helping care for our granddaughter, or you have to provide something. And for me, God usually wants the contentment and the letting go first. Right. Because he wants to remove the idols in your exactly, heart. Right. Exactly. The idols of identity, the idols of, of different things. And also to recognize that I might have in my own mind an expectation right. of what I want it to be. Right. And what, so I want to be the women's director. At you want to go to Asia and he's saying I go to Massachusetts. I want to teach college <laughs> yeah. at XYZ yeah. University. And he's like, no. <laughs> I got to a place. With the prayers of others, I can never do it alone in my own prayers. So there's part of the process, even when something new comes, right? have we flushed it out through discernment and prayer? Right, right. And so, as I mentioned, the, it comes in the way of an invitation. Right. And you gave me an invitation that I did not expect, that God gave you to give to me, right. because that's how right. God works. So I'm doing the project, stay tuned for, it's very exciting on evangelism and how we can just share what God has done in our own lives with other people and happily done that. And then would I prayerfully consider leading holy love? And I'm like, wow, I am not equipped. <laughs> this is big. This is important work. Who am I? So I'm still back to who am I? Here the Lord gives right. me something bigger than I could envision for myself. Right. And I still say, who am I? Right. What is up with that? Why do we do that? Do you have a good answer for that? <laughs> well, I think it's easy for, well, some of it I think is also healthy yes. to recognize who are we, right? And that gives us a sense of peace or freedom. But I'm also, so I just kind of in that discerning process, and you, you talked about Paul and how he was sent off. I'm going to actually read a passage in scripture. It's one of my favorites. And I'll tell you why it's one of my favorites after I read it. So this is Acts 13, verses 1 to 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. And so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They got their call in worship. Yes. Like he, Paul was pursuing God first. Yes. And it was through his pursuit of God that his passion and gifting came alive. Yes. And we have to have that, right? Also, it's not just Barnabas and Saul that God has set apart for our work. No matter who you are, God has set apart work for us. 
in Psalms 139, it talks about, For God created me in my innermost being and knit me together in my mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it goes on to say, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me. I love that. So God has a plan. Right. For us. He ordains it. He gives the calling. He gives the gifting. And we just have to say yes. Right. But then the big question comes, how do I know? True. How do True. I discern right. what God is calling? And I think we have to walk through that process too to discern, is it coming from me and my pride and my self-interest and all those other things? Or is it coming from the Lord? And I think you mentioned that you had read something in a book by well, John actually, I, I got to give, so Grace Fox, one of my friends, okay. uh, told me these questions. So I got to okay. give her credit, but she got it from the book. So okay. go ahead. Yeah. They're great <laughs> questions. So, I, so this book by John Ortberg is called The Life You Always Wanted. Ask things like, am I accepting or considering this task because I'm afraid of missing out? Am I accepting or considering this task because I feel I need to prove myself as capable? Am I accepting or considering this task because I'm afraid of disappointing others or God if I say no? Am I accepting or considering this task because I think I'm the only one who can do it with excellence? That has to do with power and control. And then if I accept this task, what other task or time commitment am I willing to give up? I think that one's really it's, important. Yes, because we have to make space. Right. And maybe I've let go of one thing, but have I let go of enough Right. to right. create space? So right. for me in this season, as you asked me about Holy Loved, I had to examine my own life. Right. And actually what was wonderful and part of a confirmation is the first question my mom asked me was, does it still give you time for Julietta? Because while well, I didn't value banana roll. Everyone around me right. says how essential it is. My granddaughter is being raised by a single mom and needs yeah, extra poured right, into her because right. she's had and your And your daughter things. probably just needs And our the daughter as well. And, yeah. So we can't go thinking we need to do big grand things for the kingdom right. at the consequence of our family. Right. Say that again. Because so I important. think yeah. it's huge. We can't take on some mission we think God has for us. Thing we think we're going to do for the kingdom and neglect our family. Neglect the relationships God has placed in our lives right. as holy and important and really more important than anything else. We right. Because I grew up in a home where my parents did. They did everything for the church and there was a little bit of lost in that. And, and wounding. I'm and sure. wounding that happens in that. And so we, we need to remember that the people God has placed in our lives to love must take first priority after God himself, of course. Right. Even in looking at it and saying, okay, if I say yes, do I still have time to do this most important thing right. of my family? Right. And then I had a mom who said yes to everything. And so sometimes, you know, she had a sign by the, the phone that said, Sherry, say no. Um, <laughs> That's but, awesome. But so there are some people who will just, you right. know, those volunteers and those people who just say yes at the expense of everything else. And we don't want to be that. Right. And there's others who say no to everything because right. they're afraid. And so we have to wrestle with some of those questions too. I get very excited about anything Jesus related. Like I can hear about a ministry and, oh, I love what you're doing there. I want to join. Oh, I can hear about, oh, I love what God's doing here. I want to help. And so recognizing that, the looking at what am I willing to give up help does help clarify because if I'm not willing to give something else up, yes. then that probably isn't a huge call. 
Yes. And so that can help me weed out a lot of things I'm excited about. But God and I have this conversation often. I'm just like, Lord, you know, I get really excited about things and I want to jump on everything. So I'm going to sit here for a while and I'm going to pray. Actually, I got this again from Grace Fox. I I love her. So I'm going to, she has encouraged me when we were about to take over the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast Mm -hmm. and we were praying on that. And she said, well, I'm going to pray that if this is God's will, he increases my excitement for it. Mm. And if it's not his will, that he kills my excitement for it. So kind of like, he's, so I think following your joy meter, if, yes. if you've done the heart work, so you're not ruled by pride and prestige. And, but then we say, is this something that fizzles out? So like, so I'm a writer yes, and I've been writing for a long time. And, but even before I got my first contract, it's a long journey and you'll wonder like back to the waiting, but is this God's will? Because I'm investing so much time in this and I may never get published because God doesn't give guarantees. He didn't give right. me any guarantees, but there was a longevity to it. Yes. And so, but I've seen other people, they want to write a book and then they never have the desire again, or they want to start a ministry and then it goes. So God, for me, he keeps bringing the thing up. That's a great point because, because it isn't just joy and what excites us because I can like you, I can get excited and think, okay, I'm going to do this thing like for a long time. And it fits into this ministry and calling when I'm thinking I am not equipped. And yet my husband's like, this is it. You've been wanting to do this writing devotionals, you know, teaching, teaching these, these other things. And I'm, I am a writer and I am an editor and that unique gifting, right? A heart for different people who are wounded and hurting. I've had my own wounding and hurting all of these different things, but it's more that it keeps coming back. Right. Right. And even, well, you know, I want to write a devotional and it might look like this. And I've written some and they're archived in my computer at home. Right. right? And then life will happen. Right. As it does. And I'll let that go for a time. And then it'll come back in another season. Right. You know, and I just feel like as I have reflected and prayed and, and invited people to help me pray for God's will and discernment. Yes, the joy and enthusiasm comes as part of that, but also the reminders right. of what God has given me. Because one of my prayers has often been, and I tell people, and I truly mean it from a place of humility, I do not know why God has given me as many gifts as he has. I, I don't deserve Maybe to lead a parachurch women's ministry, but... Yeah, you know, women's <laughs> yeah. ministry, but I, yeah. I'm able to do a lot of things right. and I want to use them. I don't know why God would give me gifts that I can't use. And so sometimes right. that question comes up as we're waiting and so we want to jump on something that is going to use those gifts and just to remember... If he keeps bringing it back and we know it's within our gifting, like writing, like teaching, like speaking, then it's probably from him. And then another piece, and this is quite biblical, and I also heard it in a sermon about the same time that you asked me, is that when God calls, he will send someone or something, at least one thing to confirm the call. Okay. So that in terms of a tool, how many people have this? I keep hearing the same thing. Right. Clearly God is trying to knock me on the head and remind me of something. And he's so patient and persistent. He is. He is. And so I think that idea, it brings me joy and it comes back again and again is so important because oftentimes in Christian circles, at least people can be those who volunteer for everything. And while I can be capable of doing something, it doesn't always bring me joy. And I don't know that God calls us to serve him as punishment. 
I don't think we're supposed to dread it. Right. I think that it is supposed to bring joy right. to us and to those we are serving. Right. So oftentimes right. it may not feel like work. He wants us to experience life, this really. life yeah. in abundance, you know. And we can't apart from really living for him in the way we were wired. I think that's very yes important. Yeah. Uh, I would like us to, as we close the episode, I'd like us to talk about one biblical character in particular, and you referenced him before, but who started a, I just gotta say a massive task, really. Like, I mean, we were talking like a massive assignment. I think sometimes we forget about that, but, and he started really terrified. And so I'm speaking of Moses. If you want to give us a little bit of a background. I love Moses. And if you want to read more about Moses, Moses shows up in Exodus. And God has a unique call for Moses to lead people from slavery in Egypt into freedom in the promised land. And he comes to Moses in a burning bush in the desert as if, and speaks from the bush. Right. It like, doesn't burn out. <laughs> so clearly this is the big G-O-D God. Right, right. right. And, and Moses even asks, what can I say your name is? And he says, I am. That's yeah. what you tell people. I am, which is this all-encompassing Everything you need. Great big God, all you need, I will provide. Well, what about this? Well, here's a staff and you can do this thing. And put your hand in your coat and it's a leper, put it back in. It's not anymore. So he showed Moses miracles miracles in this burning bush. Even actually he did through Moses. And then he did also through Moses. And Moses is like, yeah, 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 but. Right. I don't speak very well. I'm not very <laughs> eloquent. God, send someone else. Right, and right. Moses is like, no, 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 no. I cannot do right. this. Send someone else. Oh, and the Lord, again, in his infinite patience and provision says, okay, fine. Your brother Aaron right. can't be your mouthpiece. The irony that I find from this whole story, I mean, I have to love Moses because I can relate to him. Lord, no, 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 no. Send someone I can't, else. I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't. But at the same time, when you read Exodus... Aaron never has to speak. In fact, when he does speak, he's like not good. But when he does speak, he's not great. (laughs) No, no. And and yet, at the end of the story, when we fast forward, he's written the first five books of the Bible. Moses. Moses is credited for all those first five books, the story of the early peoples and their walk. So for someone who was so slow of speech, found himself unworthy to be called by God himself in a burning bush. Like, I would never say no to that. I would just be too frightened. But, but Right? You know? <laughs> but there's courage there, I right, guess. Right? <laughs> or brassness, that God did indeed give right. him everything all throughout. And what I love about... Moses's story, which is a reminder to me and maybe to our listeners that can encourage them. He reminds me, you can start out terrified. Yes. And end well. And one of my favorite passages from scripture, this is like kind of towards the end of his life. Yes. And he's actually about to pass on the baton, kind of like we're yes. doing here. He's about to hand yes. it to Joshua, who who thrives, by the way. And so Deuteronomy 34 verses 10 to 12 says, since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom I love this. This is the key, mm-hmm. whom the Lord knew face to face. Yes. So I think that, that intimacy piece, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. And of course, it's before Jesus came in flesh mm-hmm. because he did a lot mm-hmm. more. But God gave him what he, he he started out terrified. 
I don't know what you're calling me to do. This is new. I've never done it before. It's overwhelming. He sought God's face. Yes. Intimacy with God through it all. And then the end. And so we read these. It wasn't because Moses was so amazing. We can see, again, beginning at his story, he was just a normal human. But then God did everything, equipped him and gave him everything he needed in the journey. And the part... You know, that just follows shortly after that at the very end of Deuteronomy and right before the book of Joshua, it starts and and Moses is saying goodbye to the people and, and recounting all the things that God has done. And the Lord says to him, be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. And then he says, Moses says it to Joshua. The Lord is with you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. And then the Lord tells Joshua at the beginning of Joshua. So again, I know, it's over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to hear yeah. the message again and again. Right. But I love that, that, that Moses was able to do and be what God called him to. At each moment. At each moment because God provided. Yes. Because God said, do not fear. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I can rest in those promises. When God invites me into the next season, the next ministry, the next call, he tells me, be strong and courageous. Because I, because I am with you. Right. Don't be afraid. We've right. got this. I've got this. And as long as I place my trust in that promise, then right. I do. Because God's got it, and it's all God anyway. Right. I'm just... The instrument, just the helper. Right. Well, and I'm really, I just have to say from, so to clarify, I think we've made it clear in the past two episodes, but I am stepping down from Holy Love Ministries. Teresa is stepping in and it's been a a joy and a blessing and just awe-inspiring, praise-evoking for me to see, like you said, all the very unique ways that he has to use the same word again, uniquely built into you everything that this ministry is about. And so I'm really excited to see where he's going to take it. And I'm very, very thankful that you came on in that first role. Yes. And then just watched you kind of God expand. And I'm very thankful that God, in his timing, he had all the pieces in place. And now we're getting to see, we're, we're actually seeing the crossing of the Jordan now. So right. let's, let's see what happens I in know, a year, right? I know. And and I have no idea. And But I do believe what God calls us to, he equips us for. Right. And that is confirmation that a friend of mine gave me. And you can't find that specific quote in the Bible because I did look for it. (laughs) Google and I searched. But there are many verses that essentially say that same thing. Right. And if we trust in that character of God as provider, in the goodness of God as our Father, He orchestrates those pieces and gives us all that we need. And so I'm trusting Him. Amen. And going to continue to just do what I've done, which is to walk in faith as best I can, to be authentic and transparent. There's lots of wounds in my past that God has graciously healed, and yet the scars are there to remind me of his goodness. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay, and it's all good, because it's for God's glory that we do everything. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free.
The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.